Welcome. Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and joining me in our studios in Southern Illinois is a man who's demanding four hydration breaks during today's uh, weather, hot weather-related podcast. It's producer Mason. How are you doing today, Mason? I'm sweaty, man. It's hot in here. I feel like we're roasting alive in the studio, man. <laughs> yeah, but our studio does not have air conditioning, so if you hear the clicking of the fan, no apologies, no yeah. apologies at all. It's a it's a workplace safety measure. Yeah, it is, and also joining us from somewhere in West St. Louis County is a man who did know that Standard Liège is not a brand name of a toilet bowl manufacturer. It's Sean Campbell. Glad to be back, everybody. I took a week off and took a vacation, and now I'm back. Back in my nice, cold soccer cave with my industrial strength air conditioner and my adult beverage, so I don't need the hydration break. And back and very knowledgeable about toilet brands. Yes, it, it, back with his very comfortable American standard toilet uh, in, yes. in his complete, broadcasting cave. Complete with... You know, prime level bidet involved. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's great. Y'all, y'all wish you had one. Yeah. Sean returns from Boston after his trip to the American Toilet Museum. <laughs> He's a well traveled and cultured caveman. I don't know about cultured. <laughs> Man, we made it almost fifty episodes, and finally, we're opening with toilet jokes. Every every podcast works blue eventually. Eventually. <laughs> hey, you got to admire our restraint. That's what I have to say. But we've got a we got a show for you. I don't know how big of a show. We've got especially some City 2 news. It was a big week for St. Louis City 2, the uh, MLS Next Pro Development League for the main club. Uh, we got uh, some exciting MLS news, considering a slow week for play on the field. And uh, a little bit to talk about the U.S. men's national team. But uh, first of all, we'll start off with news about St. Louis City SC. And uh, they had an announcement that came out today, wasn't it, Mason? Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so this was uh, rumored, uh, teased on uh, the City Twitter account a few days ago, I think. Maybe even yesterday. Um but uh, they have partnered with um, a local local musician named Mastermind to as uh, what's his official title? Uh, it's direct three. director of musical experience. Um, but uh, basically, uh, it's to curate like game day music, um, things like that. Now, there's not a whole lot to talk about here. But one thing that stood out Pitbull. to me. What's that? Going to have Pitbull. <laughs> Gary Glitter. <laughs> well, hopefully not Gary Glitter. <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, but uh, uh, one thing that was of note in the like press release was that they are really interested in showcasing local St. Louis uh, artists. Oh, okay. So um, for me, I've kind of fallen out of the scene, having not lived there for a while and not going to shows. But one thing that I know is really big in St. Louis is the hip hop scene which I never interacted with much, but I know is really big there, really thriving, lots of exciting artists from everything that I've heard. And uh, 
they're also looking for like fan input. So there's a form on the uh, on the city website where you can submit artists that you that you like from the local area and would like to hear. Um, I don't know if I'll be submitting anyone because like I don't know if foxing is really the vibe for a for, for a St. Louis City game, but. I don't know about y'all, but I'd love to hear some mother effing urge. <laughs> I'd love that at the game. <laughs> it gets hectic. It's crazy. I think it'd be fun. Now, there's that young fellow out there doing exciting music called Chuck Berry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think he fits the soccer vibe, personally. Can we count 100 Gex as a St. Louis artist since they both were from no! St. Louis? <laughs> no, no. No, that is not allowed. I We may now know who is being handed the aux cord for the stadium, but I refuse <laughs> to allow a 100 gex on the aux cord. I will yoink that away. Could we also could we also maybe include uh, City of Parks? Get them a revival? I was I think that I was thinking nice about City of Parks because I was also like, man, you know what artists I would put in if they hadn't broken up is Old State. Old State would rip in that stadium. You know who would really rip in that stadium? Uh, formerly sponsored by, I believe it was Four Hands, uh, the F Off and Dies. <laughs> They're a great band. I, for- I, love I forgot they were local. <laughs> yeah. They did an entire video where the, the entire video was sponsored by Citywide. That's right. This that the every can of beer in the in the entire show in the entire video was citywide. It was amazing. Eh, I don't know. I think that maybe the uh, the f- off and dies are not maybe the family friendly vibes they're going for though. <laughs> and just a note, city uh, for hands brewing. Uh, this podcast is open for sponsorship <laughs> yeah, by we, citywide. We're also looking for sponsorships. <laughs> hey, hey! Nothing ventured, nothing gained. You never know. Yeah. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Michael Scott. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. No, it's you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky. Michael Scott. That's right. <laughs> or you feel one hundred percent of all the shots you ever take. Eventually. Mike Turner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Experienced shot taker. <laughs> well, do we need to start this whole segment over? No. Nah. <laughs> nah, go and run with it. Okay. Nah. I'm even going to leave this as in. Say, I think Mason, <laughs> as I say, Mason, you can fix that in post, right? Yeah, fix it in post. <laughs> but that's really all we've got for uh, the big club. But uh, the current club, St. Louis City SC2 in MLS Next Pro, rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, they had a big, big week. Uh, they had a midweek game on, when was that, Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Uh, they traveled out to Denver took on, well, ostensibly the Rapids 2. <laughs> yeah, it was the Rapids 1. Yeah. As they, uh, during the international break, gave uh, some work into their their number one squad. Uh, and City came out with uh, two points out of this one. You're wondering, how do you get two points in soccer? Well, why don't you tell us how that happens, Mason? Well, that happens when... Well, we'll get to it, how that happens. Yeah, we we win this game in penalties. Um, it's 2-2 at the end of regulation. We win 4-3 on penalties. How we go to those penalties is uh, contentious. <laughs> but um, but how do we get to the, the, the draw at the end of the 90? 
Well, we open this up with a whole lot of Rapids big team players on the field, including Jossie Zardes. <laughs> Who's Yarbrough, that? I've never heard of him before. <laughs> Keegan Rosenberry, Michael Barrios, uh, Abakar in the back. Yeah, they had some players out there. That's just a mention the few. Yeah. So basically, the kids go out against like the Rapids big team. And Akil Watts opens the scoring in the ninth minute uh, with a really good shot from up at the top of the box. Um, and that is all the scoring in the first half. Um, as you might expect, the Rapids had some really good chances, uh, but Michael Krieg played out of his mind. He was really good. Yeah. He was really good in this one. Getting a start finally uh, over Ian McGrain. Mm-hmm. But um, so that is all the scoring until the second half. Um, around the 58th minute, Rapids equalize. And then very quickly, our guy Juan Kazane puts us up again uh, with a, a ball across the box off the far post or I guess near post from viewer, but far post for him, um, which didn't look that dangerous a ball, but fooled everyone. No, he played. It was well played. He did a very excellent job against uh, still some of the MLS starters had already subbed out, but some were still on. He took it excellently, and it was a great answer because it was done seconds after the Rapids goal. Like, I think it was scored maybe a minute later. It was bang, bang. Um, and so we are going 2-1 into stoppage time, and they called for three minutes of stoppage, four minutes of stoppage. Minimum. A minimum of three to four minutes yeah. of stoppage. Yeah. yeah, and we all know how stoppage. It's, it's MLS Next Pro. Yeah, it's ephemeral. Only St. Louis City fans are actually watching these streams. So yeah. what does it matter? And and we all know how stoppage time goes. But so, okay, so we're looking at three to four minutes of stoppage time. Well, in the 95th minute, <laughs> Rapids 2 get a free kick right outside the box. And it's uh, it's a Galazzo just taken right off the free kick and in. Creek didn't have a chance at it. He was screened the whole way. So after the whistle should have been blown, we are tied at two. And then the whistle is finally blown after the free kick. And so literally the score was on the last kick of the game. Mm-hmm. So or now. Better. No, I think it was a it was just taken from the from the key free kick spot and in. But um, so now we are going to penalties because there are no draws in MLS Next Pro. And kind of go back and forth a little bit. Um, We miss a shot. I think that they miss a shot as well. And then Michael Creek makes a huge save um, and we pull it out four to three in penalties. Big win. Big win. Going up against the MLS team. Held on, actually. The Rapids, the MLS team, had plenty of chances. They were all over it. They gave City 2 problems. But City 2 gave them a lot of problems, especially with the press. So it was very exciting to see. A very really good points on the road against uh, MLS 1 side, especially yeah. in the first half. Uh, very exciting to see. Yeah, this is an incredibly impressive result. We basically just went out there and beat the Colorado Rapids. 
uh, you know, not literally, but basically it's really impressive. hundred percent. It's definitely a, a good, um, a good show of where this club is at at the moment. The team's coming together. It seems the press is absolutely suffocating at times. Um, and to come out and do that against a, a, an, an actual MLS and not just an MLS team, but an MLS playoff contender team. Um, it kind of, it, it's a it's a nice juxtaposition of where we were when we lost to when we lost the King's Cup back in the Open Cup, um, just to see how much progress we've made in that short amount of time to be able to take on and probably actually take it to an actual MLS. Club. And even even that game, that U.S. Open Cup game against Lou City, we battled hard and that went all the way through regulation, all the way through extra time and fairly deep into penalties. This Rapids team that started the game is the team that won the Western Conference in MLS last year and will be going to the CONCACAF Champions League in the next go-round. So that's who they were playing, especially in the first half and especially for the first 60 minutes. Yeah. Before we completely lose sight of it, it is very likely that they that the the guys that came down from MLS treated this like an off day and they were just kind of getting reps in and weren't playing that hard, but they still went out there and played. And these are still MLS guys. Uh, City two gave them a fight and you could see that the the game was on. Yeah. Uh, They're still professional athletes. And once they get competitive and once the game gets competitive and they're in a fight, you're playing hard. And it appeared to be that way. There's especially uh, Keegan Rosenberry, especially was up for this game off the MLS side. So a great win, but uh, that was on Wednesday. Then over the weekend, probably even a bigger, bigger win for City 2. Certainly numerically. Uh, Yeah, City 2 comes back from the Mountain West and returns home to the Midwest to play Chicago Fire 2. Were they at home or were they at Chicago? Well, this was the second game of the three-game road trip, so in a... Very empty Seat Geek Stadium. <laughs> um, and it looked like a fire game. <laughs> There's uh, hundreds of people there. <laughs> no, oh, that's no. I think that there were. That's I think too. <laughs> sorry, Tio Luis. There were tens of people at this game, man. It was. It looked like a. Co- it looked like a COVID game. But they were up for it, all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so anyway, we walk in to SeatGeek Stadium, and we hang five on the fire. Just 5-0, absolute thumping. Beat their butts. Um, Josh Doling is one of five players to score a goal in this game. He notches his sixth on the year. Um, There's really not a lot to recount from this. We just bossed this game front to back, so I'll just read off who else scored. Sergio Rivas, A.J. Palazzolo, Celio Pompeu, Ben Rosa. Yeah, it was just a thorough whipping. Just the press just took them to task. And the fire just couldn't beat the defense in the back, or even if they got past the mid, it just was, they just whooped them. Maybe it's a good thing there were only tens of fans to watch this game, because I'm sure that everyone in that stadium left very unhappy. This sounds like a like one of those first two or three games that Alabama plays in football every year against some no-name team from the same state because it's like, hey, you'll get money from it, but 
we're going to absolutely destroy you. I'm going to say this very reluctantly, but roll tide. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. No, get out. They they don't want any competition. That's why they haven't played Southern Illinois. <laughs> Roll Tide bracket St. Louis City too. <laughs> no, I am not on board for that. <laughs> Man, you know me. You know I don't care about any football. You think I'm a Bama f- college football fan? <laughs> you care about the correct football, not the American football. The round one. The round football. Anyway, so we have a similar situation to last week where we moved into second place in the Western Conference after this win, and then the next day slipped down to third after Tacoma Defiance beat Vancouver. Um, But so we are sitting at third in the Western Conference. And a spot ahead of the uh, Houston Dynamo, who were leading the whole conference before last weekend, uh, City 2 put a thumping on them, Mm -hmm. and a pretty good one. Uh, All in all... There was, in seven days, City 2 played uh, three games and took eight of nine possible points. So, a very impressive week. This team is rolling. And, uh, yeah, and and they took on a team that brought down the major leaguers to come down and get sharp. They don't have that option, but they are trying to all make the major league team next year. So, there's an extra impetus behind the way that they play compared to some of the others i just had a thought that i think needs to be mentioned um we all need to be ready and prepared for uh towards the end of the season once we start getting these summer signings in and they start taking actual reps with this with the city two team that people are going to come at us and say oh you guys are you guys are blowing this out of proportion you're only doing well because you have an entire mls club side playing in the mls next pro and I mean, to that, I say most of these guys are guys that were trying to break into MLS level at their own club and they can't and they're doing it here. And now so we we're now doing we have this before we get the pros from overseas. And now we have a direct game that we can point back and look at and say, hey, look at that June game against the Rapids where the Rapids pulled down a ton of their M- their MLS squad and we still beat them. I don't want to hear it. But yeah. I, I <laughs> Sean makes a good point. <laughs> the criticism's going to come and we're just going to have to be ready for it. Um, but like Mason said, point at this game. This is the game you point to. And uh, I, I'm not so sure how much the actual newcomers are going to actually play in the games. I'll be interesting to see. There could be a factor to where they just get some time. They come in in mass or they try to mesh with the players It'll be very interesting to see how they meld in. And it won't be right away as soon as they sign, especially from what Lutz said. You need to give them time to relax, get up to training, get up to speed, work their way in. They're still going to be, you know, six months away from starting a season when they come in. It's not really imperative that they play a lot all the time. Sure, but we are also expecting them to still play for City 2. Yes. Whether it's a lot, only a little, they are going to take the field and get minutes. And when that happens, there are going to be haters saying, you're only winning because you've got your MLS 1 guys on your MLS Next Pro team. 
And so we got this little one in our pocket and be like, no, that's not quite true, is it? <laughs> yeah, and once those names start showing up on the rosters for game day, uh, the other teams are going to look at St. Louis City, too, with a big target on their back, and it's going to be their best game in weeks and weeks and weeks uh, when they play City, too. Every week, City has to put up with it. That's what makes you winners, is facing that gauntlet. And that'll be a great test for the young guys. And also, we're making ourselves a team that 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 other teams are circling on their calendars. And uh, the the Bundesliga and the European replacements coming in will be coming in at about the time that the amateurs will be moving on to say their college teams are going back to the academy as well. Uh, interesting to see how many decide to go turn pro and not do that waiting for word and get a finalized on that for the roster, but there's still time. Yeah. I mean, technically everyone who plays on the city on city two is, is pro, but so I don't know. Some are amateur. As I say, not, not all of them are on pro contracts, uh, but you, you have to have a minimum of six pro contracts on the field at any given point in time during a game. Yeah. Um, I think we might have an exception for that just because we don't technically have a pro team yet. Um, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure if we have an exception. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that a lot of our guys on a lot of the guys are that we signed play to pro are, contracts. Yeah, they're pretty set with the rotation with uh, John Hackworth, the coach. Uh, and most of them are all on pro contracts and experience. He's building in a, a mayor. Jack Mayer got in. Uh, Aaron Hurd was in this game, get game time uh, against the Rapids. It, it's they're getting more and more as they're bleeding, and these are to be the the young guys. I mean, fifteen year olds, uh, getting them game time. That's important. Yeah, when we're talking about young guys for City Two, we're talking about kids, children, <laughs> basically. Right. I do think it's important to note, though, that uh, if these guys are on pro contracts and uh, are still playing at City. You know, at City Two, uh, some of them are going to move up, some of them won't. So we'll see some of them again next year. I'm not sure how many of these, how many of the ki- the kids, effectively on amateur contracts, actually go back to academy and don't stay there because there's going to be spots opening up with people moving up to the first team. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll get finalized all of this information. More to come as we get closer yeah. to the actual start of next season. Yeah, right now there's not a lot to do but speculate. So what's next for City 2? Well, we're sticking in the Midwest. We're staying in our stomping grounds. We're heading off to Kansas uh, to play Sporting KC 2. Um, and this game is on Friday the 17th. And Sporting KC 2 is 7th in the conference. But they've been in a decent run of form. Aside from the kind of surprise that the Rapids pulled down like a bunch of their MLS team to take us on. Uh, this is probably our stiffest competition. Uh, they've been three, one and one in their last five. So that's three, one that's three wins, one loss, one loss and penalties. Uh, the fire were tragic. The Rapids had been tragic. Tragic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Rapids were Oh five and Oh Rapids two. Rapids two. I should say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so SKC even uh, were looking to be our stiffest competition on this road trip. 
but we beat them in our last uh our last trip there we beat them one nil so this is a squad that used to compete in usl now has joined mls next pro something city two doesn't have and given all of the injury woes and roster woes with the big club for sporting kansas city these guys are really playing for a chance this year to play in mls so they've got something to play for the 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 carrots at the very end of a very short stick, so to speak. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I have bittersweet memories of Swell Park Rangers, but also, yeah, say, I was gonna yeah. say, <laughs> I, uh, I was I gonna think... say every time you say SKC two, I'm just like in my brain, I'm like they're talking about Swell Park Rangers, and it <laughs> yeah. makes me upset because that was such a cooler name. They should have stuck with it. Yeah, the point. some of the other ones kept the name. I don't know why Kansas City didn't. Yeah. Anyway, I think that that has to do with uh, like the turnaround in their form, right? Is that a lot of these kids do want to play for a spot. So, you know, even though they don't haven't been competing well, they're competing well right now. So this is not going to be a cakewalk game. No, you wouldn't expect so. And yeah, that does mean something. If you're just going out to compete in development as a bunch of uh, kids as some of the teams do, uh, that doesn't really play the kids a lot at their main team. You're just biding time. In this case, man, these guys are playing for something. Anything else? Any other thoughts about City 2? Or we'll move on. That's all I've got for City 2. And moving on from St. Louis City SC news in City 2, we'll be talking a little about MLS and some big news came out, I believe it dropped today. There has been an announcement made about the new TV deal. MLS is coming to agreement with Apple TV to provide programming for a 10-year contract. So this is a TV deal. TV in in, in, in parentheses. It's streaming deal, basically, on Apple TV. Apple TV Plus, or whatever it's called. Uh, starting in 2023 for 10 years, reportedly, though actual figures aren't available, $250 million a year. That's a big uptick above the $90 million that they had before. This would encompass all games, and uh, would eliminate all of the regional cable networks and local providers of games. And to give more details on this, we've got producer Mason. Yeah, uh, rack up another subscription service, folks. Because um, if you want to watch MLS next year, you're signing up for this broadcast deal. At the moment, MLS is not looking to re-up with any regional networks at all. So that means no St. Louis City games on Valley Sports, no like San Jose Earthquakes games on NBC Sports California, nothing like that. Um, ESPN, Fox, Univision, um, they may still pursue deals, but stipulated in this contract is that any deals that they make with, with live broadcasters, with traditional TV broadcasters, will not be exclusives. They are going to be simulcast between this Apple TV deal and whatever network. So we might not see any. Uh, 
this deal includes all MLS games, all League's Cup games, some MLS Next games, and some MLS Next Pro games. Unless you live in Mexico, in which case you will not get all of the League's Cup's games, and you also will not get the Champions Cup. Um, you know, which seems like a, a surprising move for MLS to make, considering that they've been courting Liga Emekis for so long, trying to get a partnership with them uh, to sign a broadcast deal that cuts out any Mexican viewership. Well, Mexico can pursue their own deal in the Mexican boundaries. That's what that comes down to. Yeah, but that was uh, I <laughs> really in the fine print, but a notable exception to me, at least. But... So, full season ticket holders are expected to get um, subscription to this package comped. Um, So, if you are, for example, uh, if you've gotten your season tickets for St. Louis City, you are going to get this broadcast deal bundled with those season tickets because this starts next year, um, is the expectation at least, and moving forward as well. This is... Separate from Apple TV Plus, this will be its own thing, which is kind of a double-edged sword, I think, because if you already have a subscription to Apple TV Plus, you now have to buy, on top of that, the MLS package. But unlike, say, a service like MLB TV, if you buy the MLS streaming package, you get to watch every MLS game, no blackouts, including your local team, all for that one lump sum. They aren't divided out and separated like, say, trying to watch, for example, the Cardinals, where you have to have a, a subscription to cable or satellite so you can watch Bally and a subscription to Peacock so you can get those games and a subscription to Apple TV Plus so you can get those games and a subscription to MLB TV if you want to watch out-of-market games. Instead, if you want to watch MLS, you just buy the one package. But you get only a handful of games through Apple TV Plus. And you don't get any of the benefits of Apple TV Plus if you get the MLS package, they are completely separated, is my understanding. I find that interesting that there's no local blackout. So we take our, may say I can take our supporter section season tickets and stand in the supporter section and watch the game on our phones. <laughs> or or well, more, I mean, than likely, a, <laughs> more than likely what's going to happen is y'all are going to show up to the game and I'll log into your, your account on my computer so I can watch and, and point you guys out on the screen while I watch at home. Until I could, you know, actually afford tickets, in which case I will be buying tickets and being there right next to you. Or or vice versa, whoever's at the game and whoever isn't. But also like there's take screenshots from your home computer. (laughs) There's no local blackouts because there's no local broadcast. You don't have to negotiate with Bally for rights. And Bally says, no, we have exclusive rights to broadcast these home games. You can't show them because Bally doesn't have rights to show them at all. Apple TV has the rights to broadcast all of them. So why would you black it out? It's the only way to watch. Has an Apple announced that they are actually doing this as a standalone subscription outside of Apple TV Plus? Or 
are they still hedging their bets a little bit, uh, whether it be tied into their existing service? Okay, it has not been made explicit, but the language in the press release said that Apple TV Plus subscribers will get select MLS games as part of their Apple TV Plus package, which leads me to believe that they are separate. Interesting. So it seems to me that MLS has chosen uh, money. Uh, there is things in this agreement to give standalone programming and original programming on top of the actual production of the games, streaming of the games, uh, but going to be limited in their amount of exposure into the general market per se. Though there's still a chance that somebody, ESPN, Fox, could decide to take it on uh, and do TV programming. But given the TV numbers, is it worthwhile? Or that package could actually be less than the existing package and MLS is still making a lot of money. Uh, let's say if Fox or ESPN wanted to take the MLS broadcast or cable package, not streaming for 90 million a year uh, and get it exclusively all their own uh, and not have to split that. That's for programming use time to fill space. You know, they're not beholden to be primary. Maybe it's something they want to look into. I don't know how that'll work. I, I don't know how that'll work, but I can see where that could be a selling point, perhaps, even with the lower numbers out there. But it does look like they went with the highest the highest bid. So ESPN or Fox may still negotiate a deal to be able to also broadcast big games like, say, El Trafico or Cascadia Cup games. Or an I-70 like game. That. Or an I-70 game, for example. Rivalry games. Um, Opening of a new stadium. First game of a franchise. Those sort of things. But I would be very surprised to see one of these networks take on a deal for a substantial sum of money when they are not the exclusive holders to broadcast that game. The way that I'm hearing it, hearing you guys talk about it, uh, not to make it too simplified, but it sounds almost like they're taking the rights to the majority of games and sending them out on loan um, to a team that's got a to a, a effectively a team in Apple TV that has more brand recognition across people, you know, to draw in new viewers. And if they can make it successful, it's at that point they can bring them back from loan and then take control of it and already have a have it built. Um, while also having some control over what happens with it with other networks having a say. And then eventually, I wouldn't be surprised if MLS just has their own service on their own so they don't have to worry about blackouts, period. If they do, it's 10 years down the road because this is a 10-year deal. Oh, yeah, no, it's, um... it's definitely not an immediate <laughs> thing, but I can see this being a, like, a, hey, take this and see what you can do with it um, and then... We'll see if we can develop it better once it or, or do something with it to personalize it to our own. I don't know. It made sense in my head when I thought it, not when I put it out into words. 
10 years is a yeah. long time. Think about how streaming has changed the TV structure in the last five years. It has blown up what was the value of live sports on cable and broadcast TV. It's blown it up. And this is just another example. Uh, you know, filling time on a place like ESPN, having programming that you can slot in, especially if it's at a lower cost, which MLS was, is good to them with the variety of networks that they can put it on. Will they still want to take on an additional contract to still have the rights to do that for specific games? ESPN is losing the U.S. men's national team broadcast. Uh, they're not going to have any more of those. Will they want to pick up some MLS to give Taylor Twelman and John Champion some time to work before they lose those really good talents that have to leave because they don't have anything to work on other than going to ESPN+. Plus? They're sure to have offers from places like Fox. Or will Fox take it on now that they've... Or will CBS want to expand outside of Paramount+. Plus? there's still an option there for an additional broadcast or cable rights uh, viewer or, or contract, probably at a lower cost because it's not worth as much. But $90 million is not that much to actually fill programming time either. And that's what they were existing on before. Anything that they add on top of this is a big financial coup you know, it's not big leagues in North American sports, but it's a big increase for MLS. Sure. But the counterpoint to that is the reason why Apple paid so much for this deal is that they want to get people locked into Apple TV. And specifically, if you want to watch Apple TV, for example, on your TV, then you have to buy one. You have to buy an Apple product that plugs into an HDMI port to watch it it's it's apple once again trying to get a captive market and build their walled garden and they're using mls to get that because mls was looking at their numbers and saying well most people who watch mls already stream it not quite understanding that well they don't stream it on apple tv they stream it on espn plus or through their through well, their through their tv provider they'll do it through the apple tv plus service rather than through their actual hardware device as well, just like they did with ESPN plus. Sure. But if you want to watch a game on your TV, you have to buy an Apple TV or buy a TV that has Apple TV in it or buy an existing device. I'm in, I'm not sure what Apple allows their service to be broadcast on, uh, but there's ways around it. That's that's a whole different tech tech podcast. Yeah. Okay. But so like you can't like stream Apple TV on like Roku, for example. I don't believe you can't stream it on Chromecast. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's it's a little box that Apple makes that you right. plug into your TV. Are you talking about Fire Stick? No, it's the same idea as a Fire Stick, but it only has Apple TV on it. Yeah, they sell their own hardware as yeah. well. And so if you want to watch MLS on your TV, you have to buy one of those. Um, I don't think they're That's exclusive just how Apple to their operates. hardware. <laughs> I, I don't think they're exclusive 
incredibly to the hardware and this could open up that they're going to open it up to other hardware to do their streaming service because the service itself is so much more valuable because you can lock people in for a recurring monthly you know fee rather than just a one-time purchase still it's you're gonna have to put out for new hardware Unless, uh, to, like, if you want to watch a game on your TV, most likely. If you if, if you have, like, want to watch a game on your computer, like I usually do, then I think you're golden. But if you want to watch a game on your TV, you're going to ha- have to shell out some money for some hardware. And I think a lot of us know that Apple hardware isn't cheap. I think, I, I think it's going to be more about the service than the hardware myself. But enough of this discussion in economics. Uh, why don't we move on to other news in MLS? Because there was only three games, but there was a lot of news. You got anything for us, Sean? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say a lot of news, but uh, we'll start with the obvious just to get it out of the way, and I'll keep it quick. Uh, Sporting KC had a, had a game over the weekend against the New England Revolution. Uh, went down late in the first came out in the second and went down to 10 men early in the second at about the 48th minute still managed to come back and draw it. And then we're absolutely destroyed by a crushing blow late in the game to go down to one um, game ends up to one pretty much par for the course for SKC, including, but not limited to the fact that uh, another player went down to injury. The, the ever, the ever, oh, no. the ever present Remy Voltaire left in the 33rd minute with an injury. And I hope he comes back you soon. You guys. You guys are just getting beaten to crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but one thing of note like, here... I can't, I can't even laugh about it. It's just tragic what's happened. <laughs> you see, I can laugh about it because at this point, it's this is such an unprecedented event. It's laughable. It's yeah. such an unprecedented <laughs> event. Um, and PV said it himself... Um, never in the DP era of MLS have has a team had two DPs not play a single game for the entire season. This is the first yeah, time that's... it's happened. And now with Voltaire going down, um, I mean, not to mention the strains of having all your top guys out and just pushing guys, you know, young young kids into positions they may or may not be ready for. You're also end up pushing people out of position and that just makes the whole thing. You have to get creative with your tactics at that point. Um, so my thought is maybe the seat's not getting as warm as I thought, but we'll still, we, we still have plenty of season left. You know, losing two DPs that don't play a minute of games really blows up the roster rules in the top heavy aspect of the way that MLS's rules are set up. You guys might be taking the blow to really to a death knell to what these roster rules are and the way that they're set up as opposed to DPs. So much of the resources of the club are tied into these and lock them down. Other clubs are now going to have something that they can look at and go, oh, the impossible has happened. This could happen to us. Perhaps that changes things in the boardroom. I still think that there's owners that don't want to spend at all, but maybe they should look at reworking these rules and start looking at it 
not necessarily do it. They're not even looking at changing these rules. Oh, yeah. Owners aren't th- our owners aren't the smartest. They all think that it'll never happen to them. Right. But at the same time, if you look at what's happening with sporting, um, they've only missed the playoffs one time in the last decade. And they're looking to do it for the second time. And uh, I think if it's because the DPs are out for an entire season and no one is immune to that, I definitely think we might see some some movement on the on the front of changing how how the system is set up as far as paying players and salary cap and buckets and all of that. Um, so but I don't yeah, I don't see it happening now in go... the next couple of years. But it, it, I think if we especially if if they end up not making the playoffs altogether and especially by a large margin, I think you get a lot of pushback from from coaches and players to the office saying, Hey, look, we're here to play soccer. And if we end up, you know, not playing good soccer because two guys are gone, we got to change something here. And does KC now have to put more resources and do more spending from the owner to try to bring people in somehow? Oh yeah, absolutely. To shore up their team. And that's that's more spending. That's actually what they're doing at the moment. Um, because they still have hopes of winning the U.S. Open Cup. Um, they're going out, and there's there's rumors from Taylor Twelman, which when Taylor Twelman reports a signing, it's usually fairly fairly good information. Um, but it looks like Sporting's going out and signing Eric Tomey from Stuttgart and William Agata from Hopwell, Jerusalem, which, fun fact, is actually the league we found Gadi Kinda in because he's also from Israel. Uh, but again, Twelman reported the these players being signed. Uh, of course, the window hasn't opened yet, so it hasn't actually been confirmed. But uh, he had nothing but good things to say about them and how they'd fit into the team. Um, but yeah, we have to go out and sign a second round of replacements because the replacements that we signed in the offseason have also gone down to injury. So at, at some point, you're spending the same amount of money. Why not, why not spend it on you know, consistent depth players that you can play week in and week out and rest your guys more often than just saying, okay, we've got a hole. Let's throw some flex tape on it and hope that that holds so we can say, you know, paddle across the Atlantic ocean here. And uh, adding these players is going to put pressure possibly on the TAM money as well and cause considerations in the off season and down the line with their planning uh, to make these so it just makes the house of cards start to fall apart uh, completely in that case if you're having to blow up the whole model of what has been so successful for Sporting KC working in the, you know, with the resources that they have to work with. So it's going to be very interesting if other owners just point and laugh <laughs> or go, oh, that could happen to us. They'll go, they'll point and laugh, and then three years later, they'll go, oh, wait, it did happen to us. It's probably usually the way that works. That's what I was saying. <laughs> just just like we've said uh, back when we first reported the sign and loan back of uh, Matt Turner, and, he, and we've said it about Zach Steffen multiple times, they're one injury away from being the only serviceable goalkeeper that those teams have over in Arsenal and Man City. Um any team in the MLS is one DP away from being at the bottom of the barrel. It seems like a because we were pushing down there. Striker. 
Oh, yeah, especially if it's a striker. Um, unless, of course, you're a high-possession team and you lose a DP in your midfield that is your engine, all the play goes through them. You know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of... Like, when Michael Bradley started started getting way too old and TFC's midfield kind of started going going down the tubes. Or, you know, you lose one key player in your midfield and all of a sudden everything falls apart. It's just as important as losing the striker that's the only person that's putting goals in the back of the net. Absolutely. Uh, let's say uh, Nashville loses Walker Zimmerman. Oh, that'd be... Or the that's, U.S. men's national yes. team loses Walker Zimmerman. Like I yes. was going to say, uh, look at what happened to LAFC when they lost Walker Zimmerman. <laughs> yeah, they've remedied yeah, that since point. then. <laughs> But at the same time, it they took have, them a while but to also, do so. It took them a while <laughs> and did. several signings to do so. They found a grizzled, and I do mean grizzled, old Italian to replace Walker Zimmerman finally, didn't they? Oh, yeah. They, they went out and actually officially confirmed Giorgio Cialini is now with the LAFC. Everything he ever dreamed of. One of the greatest defenders to ever, ever play this game worldwide. Is coming to LAFC. Uh, they have promising, especially Mamadou Fall is very promising. But maybe they need somebody to help them shore up in the back. The old guys, the old fox is full of tricks, as he showed in the UEFA Championship against uh, England with a, a nice little pullback that didn't get called. I can't believe that didn't get called. That was him. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a wily old veteran. Hey, yo, hey, you know, man. It's you, like you the 40-year-old NBA center that knows all the tricks, knows where to put the knee you in play the game long thigh enough. to bring him down. You know oh, yeah, you play the works. game long enough, you figure out how to play dirty and not get caught because you have to because you lose the speed game. Yep. You got to find a way to keep them from winning that, that race. But Quite like literally. I said, man, like I said, man, L.A. had a vacancy for big name old guy after Pujols left. They needed a big name old guy. <laughs> Just surprising it didn't go the galaxy. They tried it with uh, Costa, but uh, he didn't work out. He hasn't worked out at all. Uh, on the other coast, NYCFC had a big, big change come up this week, didn't they, Sean? Oh, Yeah. It was, I believe it was reported either yesterday or today, um, as as in Monday or Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but NYCFC skipper Ronnie Delia, the man that did the, the underwear push-ups after they won the cup so that it could raise that tiny little banner. <laughs> um, yes, any chance I get to put a dig in at that printer paper size banner, I will. Um, man, but no, they Ronnie just Delia. lost their coach. <laughs> I didn't even All say that he left. Doing, uh, push-ups <laughs> I didn't even skinny. get to say he left yet. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> but yes, as Mason so I'm sorry, I poignantly ruined my buildup. <laughs> yes, Ronnie Delia has left NYCFC on um, under reports of a quote-unquote low seven-figure signing to go coach Standard Liège in the Belgian First League. Um, he's also taking his assistant, uh, Efrain Juarez, with him. And he is being replaced interim by Nick Cushing. Um, the one good thing, the, the big plus here for NYCFC is that Cushing has been with the Citigroup teams since 2008, um, where he joined coaching the actual Man City Academy 
I don't, it, I didn't find what level, but he coached in the academy until 2013, where he, which, in which case he took over for the Man City women's team that he then coached until 2020 when they installed him as an assistant with NYCFC. And now he's their interim head coach. I was wondering why Ronnie Dila would leave NYCFC while they're winning after he just led them to an MLS Cup. And then you said low seven figures. And I'm like, yeah, you know what, man? I think I would leave my job, too, if someone offered me between one and four million (laughs) dollars. I do believe that that is an actual transfer fee to be paid to Citigroup for him, not his salary. That's a transfer fee. Yes, that was a a signing fee. No, it was a signing fee to because he was still under contract. Uh, until the end of the year, the end of the season, um, they had to buy him out. And so they had to actually send a signing fee to Citigroup. Um, Not unheard of worldwide, but new to MLS, I believe. Yes, for sure. 100%. Usually in MLS, you get fired and then you get signed somewhere else as an assistant <laughs> or something. You don't there get may have bought been from Gamer Tam, but not actual millions of dollars in cash. Yeah. Venmoed over into your account. To, and also, just in general, coach. <laughs> in general, in American sports, you usually don't leave your job until you get fired for doing bad. <laughs> Let's be real, though. Let's be real, though. That money didn't actually. Or if you're Mike Schilt for getting in five the front office, <laughs> yeah, that money didn't move anywhere. Could an MLS next pro team Venmo some money for Caleb Porter out of Columbus right now? How much do you think it would take? We are really hung up on Caleb Porter, huh? We got John Hackworth. <laughs> no, I didn't say City. I just say somebody else. Uh, let's say uh, who's underperforming. Uh, you know, the Dynamo 2's dropping like a rock. <laughs> you know and I'd love to send out for Caleb Porter. You know who's underperforming? Venmo him about 80,000 K you in know, cash, not even Gam or Tam. You know who's underperforming? Caleb Porter's Columbus crew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, if we're talking about coaches that we need to, that we could speculate to go out and get, why don't we just, uh, you know, make a big old splash and just hire Slobo? And have Slobo coach the first team. Let's do it. <laughs> Mike Pecky. Bring him in. Oh, that Mike. would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be a great get. Love me some Petkey. <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. Taylor Twelman leaves the booth and becomes the St. Louis City coach. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know that we at a hometown discount. At a hometown discount. I know we just paid Bradley Carnell. I'm sure many, many thousands of dollars. But uh, yeah. Uh, instead, we got uh, we got this guy. <laughs> and when Twelman comes into Coach City, that means that Vermees leaves after this horrible year for Sporting, and they hire El- Eric Wildaldum. To come in, so Twelman and Winaldum can actually go head to head. We are we are <laughs> once oh, no. we are once again. Do not invent- put that into the universe. <laughs> yeah, we are once again invol- in, in inventing a uh, an alternate universe of MLS where it's much worse. <laughs> Agreed. <Yes. laughs> Along Going with the back pop-up to the original conversation, the gopher, though. the gopher in the box, and the pop up things, and the exploding. 
things in the box. See, I love it. Love it. But going back to the original conversation <laughs> oh of Delia God. leaving NYCFC. I can't. I, Okay, some of you <laughs> listeners have come up to us and said that you like what we have to say and that we are insightful. How are you feeling right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're going to be insightful, let's go back to the main point here. <laughs> All right, um, sure. Nick Cushing you, you is show taking over today. for interim. <laughs> I have a point and I want to say it, dang it. Okay? Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. You got a good point. Going actually. back to Nick Cushing taking over for Citigroup. Um, or for NYCFC, been in the Citigroup system for a long time. Um, the main point of the whole of that whole tangent was actually the fact that Nick Cushing, um, don't expect any change in form or play when it comes to NYCFC. They're gonna keep rolling along and being the absolute juggernaut that they have been for the last two months. Um, just because, as evidenced by his credentials, he's been a part of the system for you know, over a decade now, he knows the style of play city likes to play the same style across all their teams. Um, NYCFC's not going to be derailed by this at all. At Unless all. he implements the, the Caddyshack gopher in the penalty box. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> I mean, they may as well, considering they're already playing on a pitch. That is absolutely the narrowest field I've seen outside of playing well, no, including playing in CYC soccer. Okay, okay. I was going to get a little bit annoyed that we were keeping that bit going, but now that we've said that, what if they kept them in when the Yankees played too? Can you imagine Judge tripping over one of those gophers while he's going for a ball in the outfield? It's my understanding <laughs> it's the Aaron Judge are destroying the, the major leagues. They needed to just <laughs> level the playing field. A big like it's like Blurn's ball. A big boxing glove shoots out of the out of the pitcher's mound and just uppercuts Garrett Cole. <laughs> and we could use that against Liga Emekis in the uh, MLS All Star Game. It may be in the skills challenge, but I'd say put it in the actual game. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, we have fun here, huh? <laughs> Speaking of Liga Mackies, we have some good <laughs> news out of there. They uh, they did announce the first 14 members of their All-Star roster for the game against the MLS All-Stars to be played somewhat shortly, actually. Um, but yes, they, they it's uh, 14 players that were nominated as finalists for effectively best at their position um including best rookie um after they've completed both the apertura and clausura um the rest of the roster will be filled out by selections made once they have announced the winner of coach of the year the coach makes the final selections for that so all-star games coming together nicely I think it's a little late to implement the gophers in the box, but I think we'll <laughs> no, be okay, okay without it. <laughs> no, no more gophers. No more gophers. Calming it down. <sighs> okay. Okay. But yes, the all-star, <laughs> uh, the all-star team for Liga Mekis has been halfway announced. Yeah. And um, you know what? It's been pretty divisive about the, the MLS all-stars, Liga Mekis all-stars, but I like it. I think it's a really fun format. Oh, um, it's, especially... Uh, I, Especially for an all-star game where you also get these guys coming in for all-star festivities. I I think it's a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of fun if uh, Hector Rarer comes into MLS soon enough to play against Liga Mackies. That'd be sweet. I'd like to see that. Speaking of double Ache, Ache Ache, we have a debut date for him 
for the Houston Dynamo. He's going to be coming in, and his first game is going to be July 9th in a Texas Derby against FC Dallas. Ooh, the plot thickens. Ache, ache, coming to MLS. Man, what can you say? I'm excited to see him. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's going to be in long enough to make you know, make a case to be in the all-star game, but he's uh, definitely going to make a case. <laughs> the commissioner has a player he can put on the team. He might just put him because of zing. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen people making cases that Albert Pujol should get into the all-star game just because it's Albert's last year. <laughs> like, you never know. <laughs> in, in that case, they may, that's a different discussion for a different podcast, honestly. But I wouldn't be surprised if Daddy Garber decided he's going to just throw Ache Ache into the game. Why? Because he's on our side now. You Dad. know what? I would like that. I would really like that. Uh, just zing. <laughs> you can't just call him Daddy Garber. <laughs> he gives us all fake money. He gives every team an allowance. He's a soccer dog. Uh, He's the big daddy in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, man, he just, controls all of the other mafias around. Have some self-respect. Just call him Donnie. <laughs> no, he does not res- deserve the respect of being called Don. I didn't say call him Don. I said call him Donnie. <laughs> Any other MLS news? Oh. Um, I mean, we do have a couple more results. We had uh, Nashville... You know, grinding to an absolute draw against Team Chaos. Man, and that was a sh- troll thing, man, wasn't it? <laughs> it was It was a game that happened. Um, yes. Charlotte FC gets a 2-0 win over Red Bull New York. Yeah, they went on a bender this weekend, didn't they? Oh, oh, and, and speaking of benders, he attacked yet another corner flag. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, and also had a... A Galazzo in that one too. A nice oh yeah, one. no. This the celebration of taking out the corner flag on a Galazzo yeah. is absolutely warranted, and I love it. Needs to. <laughs> he's stay. a bend. He's a bender unit. He can bend anything. <laughs> I'm a bender. <laughs> Finally, to wrap up this silliness, we've got the U.S. Men's National Team. They're not silly. We are. Uh, but this game was actually silly. They played a Nations League game. Actually. I guess it counts. Not really sure what the Nations League is. Uh, They play Grenada. A really useless game in context of the U.S. men's national team trying to prepare for a World Cup. And the first half, they just didn't seem very interested at all. Uh, Second half, U.S. finally got one through. Jesus Ferreira went on to score... Four goals in the second half. Missed a couple in the first half. Scored four now. Perhaps the dam is broke. Who can tell? Playing Grenada. Paul Ariola put in a nice finish at the end as he showed with FC Dallas. And they won 5-0. In a game that really didn't tell us a whole lot about anything, to be quite honest. My only real takeaway from this game is that we finally got the Paul Areola to Jesus Ferreira link up on the national team that we were hoping for, um, or at least that I was hoping for. Uh, but yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, Jesus Ferreira hung four on him. It's <laughs> it's it's effectively the nation's welcome to the, the CONCACAF Nations League where the, the opponents are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah, uh, pretty much, uh, especially in these group stages. 
And there's pro-rail for this. So there is pro-rail in America. <laughs> Not sure how it works. Uh, quite honestly, I'm more interested in trying to do MLS roster rules. That takes up all of my intellectual capacity, which is actually not that small. But uh, there's a there's pro rel in the Americas. <laughs> uh, next game is the night of our recording. So no preview. Yeah, you no are, result. <laughs> you already uh, know what You're happens. on your own. <laughs> uh, bigger test, something worthwhile, going to play El Salvador. They had a nil-nil draw in World Cup qualifying in El Salvador. Of course, that was the first time that this very, very, very young team uh, had to play on the road in CONCACAF, and they got a little gobsmacked by that, that it was so out of control that the team really wanted to win and the crowd was vicious and the field was lined by chain link fences and there was people with guns and the young kids were a little taken back by that they're a much different team now and uh i still expect them to really put out a bunch of bubble players uh people that won't be starting maybe you'll see some some a-listers run out but I think uh is going to want to take a look at certain people like Haji Wright, Luca De La Torre, uh, some others to see how they react in this environment for the first time they've been there. You know, uh, even though it doesn't matter uh, to, <laughs> to preview this game that you've already seen. Uh, yeah, El Salvador drew against Granada 2-2 in their last Nations League game. So... We just hung five on Granada. Who know? But interesting. <laughs> you know better than us. <laughs> yeah. Interesting tidbit. Alex Roldan, who was captain and perhaps the best player of El Salvador through most of Gold Cup and World Cup qualifying, is no longer with the team because apparently there was a dispute about bonuses paid to the national team. And he was a ringleader and uh, coach Hugo Perez formerly of uh, a coach in the U.S. men's national U.S. soccer, you know, setup, uh, says that uh, he just won't be around for a little while. We kind of know how that works. Uh, so will the U.S. team show up? What will they put out? We don't know. By the time you hear this, you might. You will already know. So. We ain't got much else to say. This is the last tune-up that they have until September. In September, there's, I believe, two friendlies. Reports are that they will be against World Cup caliber teams and be played overseas. And uh, we expect it to really be a dress rehearsal with a lot of the A-list teams and not a lot of uh, people, prospects, you know, pet players that you may have to come in we expect what will be there in september to be who will be going in november you know barring injury barring an incredible uptick in form but nothing from that september window is scheduled so we have no idea about opponents or anything quite yet we we know that they're coming but as of right now this is the last scheduled game before then you guys have anything else to comment on this week? Um, 
I do want to note that by the end of, by the time you hear this podcast, the last and final spot for the World Cup will have been decided um, with that game between, I believe it's Costa Rica and New Zealand playing at on the night of recording as well. So we'll have a full full roster to talk about eventually. May not be next week, but we will have a full roster of World Cup teams to talk about somewhat soonish. And uh exciting moment for the Socceroos from Australia winning uh over Peru in their intercontinental playoff uh in penalties with a save from uh the goalkeeper that they brought in explicitly for the penalty kicks at the end. Exciting stuff. But that'll pretty much wrap up this week's show. I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason. And I'm your resident cave-dwelling hooligan, Sean. And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. We really appreciate your listening. Bye for now.